Hey everybody, okay, before we jump into this week's video, I want to give a shout out to our Spotify fam, our Spotify family. Guess what? You all are getting this right along with everybody on Facebook and YouTube. So if you are not a Spotify subscriber, go ahead, go on Spotify right now. Go ahead, go ahead, get your phone out while you're probably watching this on your TV. Um, get your get your phone out and go ahead and subscribe to us on Spotify because what we're gonna start doing is posting videos. Ah, posting videos of our messages, you might get a full-blown service, you never know. But if you have not, if you're not listening to our podcast, I encourage you to go to your podcast app right now. Find us, True Vision Christian Community. You're going to see our logo, and we are housed by Spotify. So Spotify listeners, guess what? You're getting videos. All right, so let's go ahead and kick into the theme music and go into this week's teaching. Hello, everybody, and good afternoon here on the eastern part of the time zone. Good good morning to where I'm flying to, and good evening and good morning and afternoon all over the world. Welcome to True Vision Christian Community. My name is Bishop Castle McGreen, and I'm honored and privileged to be the lead pastor of TBCC alongside my beautiful, amazing, and anointed wife, Pastor Rachel Green. So, um... We didn't get any questions for Ask Bishop Cass, and I was trying to get things ready. And as as, as the church knows, as all of you know, um, I am preparing to go to Las Vegas for the next few days to attend a conference. And I was sitting here going, Lord, friends, I'm with a project of hers. And I started going through our videos because she had preached a message for us. And the very thing I was going to talk about this week, I actually talked about two years ago. Look at God. And y'all know I'm a fan of the cookbook. So. I want you to get your notes out. We're going to deep dive into the Bible. We're going to be talking about translations of the Bible, the books of the Bible, how to study it. Um, a whole lot of questions. If you're watching this and you get more questions, everybody say more questions, more questions. If you get more questions, go ahead and leave them in the comments and send, or send us an email at admin at truevisionlancaster.org so that we, we can make sure that you, we answer your questions on the next go around. Because I have a feeling because there's some stuff I didn't get to go into two years ago that we're going to get into in August. So I'm, I am just excited. But before we go into this, this powerful this powerful time of teaching and learning and growing, I want to make sure to remind you that next Sunday and next Sunday at 11, if I say 11, at 11, we are going to be at Maher Park and Lancaster for Praise at the Park. 11 o'clock is um, fun and fellowship. And then 12.15, we will actually be going live, y'all, for, for our online friends. We're not going to be leaving you out. We're going to be going live and pray and having praise and worship and a powerful word from yours truly. And then we're just going to kick it for the rest of the afternoon. So bring your friends. We're going to have stuff for the kids the entire time. Bring your friends. Bring your kids. Bring your auntie them. Bring your mom and them. Bring all them. Everybody. Everybody. Wear your shorts and your T-shirt. Look, I'm not going to be sitting here suited and booted. I will be wearing shorts and a T-shirt myself because it is Ohio and it gets hot. <laughs> 
So uh, we're going to be out there. We're going to be giving God praise, honor, and glory in the middle of a park. So Maher Park, 11 o'clock, fun, fun and fellowship. We're going to have food. So come out and join us. Let us know you're coming. We'll make sure we have enough food for everybody. Let us know that you're coming. Hit us up on our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Um, also, there is an event for this as well. So, so RSVP to the events. We can know how much food we need. We need to make sure that we have to make sure that everybody fed. And we're going to make like 85 trips. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump into this Wednesday deep dive. Remember when we used to do Wednesday deep dives? This Wednesday deep dive from two years ago as we dig into the Bible. I pray you are blessed by the word of God today. I've been getting a lot of questions about reading the Bible and, you know, how should I do this? What is the Bible? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and also, we have to realize, people, just, we, are, we have to realize that we're actually living in a society that many people... A lot of people didn't grow up in church. A lot of people didn't, you know, it wasn't like they were, um, they weren't like me who grew up in the church, you know, read the Bible. Like, it was kind of like required reading in our house. So, um, so they didn't, so they don't exactly have this information that we have at our fingertips. So I really want to take some time to really teach about it. Plus people, people be teaching some crazy stuff about the word. So I kind of want to get some clarity on stuff. Again, if you have questions, if there's something you like, okay, I really got to ask him about this, please bring it up in the comments. Sorry, I'm adjusting the screen so I don't look, look like I'm not looking at you. All right. So, everybody ready? Stretch out. Get your notebook paper out. I'm not going super duper deep tonight, um, even though I really want to. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really trying to keep this to an hour. So, are we ready? Not just, I know I can't hear you, but I wish you'd be like, yeah. All right. Let's dig into this. All right, so um, I'm going to talk about the I'm going to talk about this scripture first, uh, which is Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen. Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen, and it says this: All scripture is inspired by God and is possible for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I'm going to read that again. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that man, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So let's talk about this scripture really quick. Um, this pretty much sums up the um, what the Bible is. All scripture is inspired by God. Now, let's be real technical about this. Can we be real technical about this? Um, that the Bible is written, yes, the Bible, the books, the, the writers of the Bible are many different people. Okay, we have the books of Moses. We have the Pauline epistles. So, so pretty much, that's the principal way to say all the books. All the books Paul wrote, or they think he wrote. <laughs> that's the best way I can put it. Um, we have the gospel, like we have the gospels who are who are written by four different people. I mean, Luke also wrote Acts. So Luke, so Acts is technically Luke part two because it picks up right where it left off. Um, we have. And we have all these letters. We have the major prophets and the minor prophets. All these different people wrote things down. But I want you to think about all of this, that God, that we can either do this, and people look at this many different ways, and two of the major ways are either God was like, you need to write this. God was like, write it. <laughs> or, you know, they, they wrote of their experience, and, and God breathed on that experience. The word inspired literally means God breathed. Many translations say all scripture is God breathed because it is the word of God. He He is the foundation of every single word that is written in, in that Bible. So it's not man just making stuff up. It's not man, oh, this happened. But he 
gave men the inspiration, gave gave I ain't saying men, but it's the reality is most of the writers in the Bible are that the writers in the Bible are male. Um he gave men the inspiration, he breathed upon them. Like the book of Revelations is literally, I'm on the I'm in exile on the Isle of Patmos. And literally, uh, God, God said, get up and write this. Yes, Lord. So, so God inspired men either creatively, either through literally give them the words to say in some fashion for the word of God to be created. And I like the second part of this. And it's possible for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Um, there was an acronym that we used a lot growing up which was the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. It literally, like literally the Bible has an answer to everything that you need to know. Like if you have a question about it, you can literally go to the word and find it. Um, I know when I really start jumping into the Bible, the word, I'm not the type of person who's like, okay, I'm just going to read the whole, this whole thing through. God has a way of speaking to me where I am. And I've been in the church for a while. Like, so God has a way of speaking to me where I am. So that way, it that way it re, it speaks to me. It speaks to my situation. Um, like even today, I, I I was going through my Bible app and there's a scripture just just was like, bam, you need to see this today, sir. Bam. <laughs> um, so you know, it's designed to prepare us to teach us how to live right, how to live holy before God, how to how to be His disciples, be His witnesses. So the Bible, so the Bible is. It's very vital, very important. It's called the bread of life, you know. Um, it's called the two-edged sword. <laughs> it, as my grandma used to say, hit you coming, hit you going. So 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. And also John 1, 1. I didn't put this in there. In the beginning was the word, and the word was and the word was with God, and the word was God. Like it solidifies that scripture is the word of God. Scripture is what God has spoken of us. He used human hands to do it, but that but if the scripture is the word of God. So let's go to to um, this next scripture really quick. And these are the only scriptures we're going through tonight. Um, 2 Timothy 2.15. Ah, 2 Timothy 2.15. This scripture was drilled in my head as a child. Like literally, my mom taught, y'all know my mom did everything. So when she taught Sunday school, she made us learn um, this scripture. Um, but, and it's kind of become the theme of not just my life, as a pastor, but also my life and all the other work that I do. And the word says this, be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. And read it again. Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Why do we study the Bible? Let's talk about that. Why do we take the time to study the Bible? This is one major reason right here to make sure that we are staying sharp, that we're that we're that we have this word as our foundation. So when we preach these things, when we teach these things, even what I'm doing right now, we know that the, we know the word. We have the word in our hearts and in our minds, and with, which which moves our spirit into action. Now, the second reason the Bible says this: Your word I have hidden in my heart, so that I may not sin against thee. 
So as we study the Bible, it's not just about an intellectual pursuit, but it's also about feeding our spirits, having the word in us. So that way we have something to, we have something to lean on, something to stand on as we're going through life. It, as you dig into the word, here's what I tell people, as you dig into the word, as you begin to, to read the Bible more, really take, really take it into you, not just passively read it. Cause I'm, I'm guilty right here. I am guilty of a passive read. I have the attention span of a gnat. <laughs> That's the honest truth. I have the attention span of a gnat. So I have to consciously, and, and plus reading is my job. So like I'm reading papers. Actually, in fact, when I get done with this, I'm going to be looking at papers. I'm going to be building classes and all that stuff. So I'm looking at, I'm constantly looking at stuff. Um, so when I go to read the Bible, it's like, mm-hmm, yes, Lord, mm-hmm, hey, glory to God, amen. So I really have to tell myself, be present in the moment, dig into this, because it's not just about finding something to preach on Sunday, but it's but it's allowing this word to seek into you, so that way the word ministers to you first. All right? I thought about a really weird, really weird angle. <laughs> All right? Now. Let's talk about the nitty-gritty. Can we talk about the nitty-gritty? Again, we're going to keep this to an hour. That's the goal. We're going to keep this to an hour. If you have a question, leave it in the comments. Somebody put a thumbs up like, yes, God, hour. Um, leave your questions in the comments as we're going through. Um, if I can't get to them tonight, we are. I am going to do this again and really dig into some things in case I messed something up in this one. I can clean it up um, because some people will probably going to be like, I'm a biblical scholar and I will bring depth to this conversation. But I really just want to give you a basic overview of what the Bible is. Cool? Cool. All right. The first question is... Again, I chose not to go super deep tonight. The next time I'll go a little bit deeper. How many books are in the Bible? How many books are in the Bible? kind of want to make y'all tell me what y'all, how many y'all think it is. Actually... Put in the comments real quick. How many books? Do, don't 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 Google it. Don't Google it. How many books are in the Bible? Let's see if y'all know. And don't open up a Bible and count either. Off the top of your head. Chef of waiting music. If you're just jumping in, how many books? Put in the comments. How many books are in the Bible? And yes, I can see your comments. I know. I know it's stalkerish, but you know, I do what I do. <laughs> Give y'all a couple more seconds. All right, so I'm going to give you all the number. You ready? Can I get a drum roll? The number. Actually, there's three numbers. Let's talk about the three numbers. In the Jewish Bible, there are 39. That 39 is pretty much the Old Testament. In the Protestant Bible, which is us. Now, really quick. Why are people who are not Catholic called Protestant? It's all because we are offshoots in some fashion of the Protestant Reformation. So um, so the, the first offshoot is actually the Lutheran Church. What? Yes. 
Martin Luther, I think it's 95 Theses, 1594, I believe. AJ, yes, 66 in the Protestant. 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament. Now, let's talk about the Catholic Bible. This is going to get real interesting. Everybody braced. Everybody. Is everyone is everyone braced for this? There are 70 there are 73 books in the Catholic Bible. Pause for effect. There are 73 books in the Catholic Bible. So it's the 66 plus Baruch, Judith, 1st and 2nd Maccabees, Sirach, Tobit, and Wisdom. I'll say that again. The Catholic Bible is 73 books. 66 plus Baruch, Judith, 1st and 2nd Maccabees, Sirach, Tobit, and Wisdom. Now, <laughs> now y'all, y'all like, wait a minute, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, okay, what, what, what is all the books? The, the Baruch, the, the Judith, the 1st and 2nd Maccabees, the Sirach, the Tobit, and the Wisdom. Now, this leads to our next question, which I've actually gotten this question. I heard there are extra books in the Bible. Why is that? All right, you ready for my simple answer? Because I this is going to take a whole hour to get into. And, you know, I'm going to leave time. Y'all have questions, so I can't go super deep into this. But I want you to look this up. There are, there are actually 14, there are actually considered 14 books in what is called the Apocrypha. Or the, Deut- or the Deuterocanonical Text. Y'all say, okay, Cavs, you busting out all these big words. Help a brother out or help a sister out. All right, I'm going to help you. All right, ready? Be blessed with the help. Now, Deutero, so, so Deuterocanonical means second canon. Now, listen, to, for you to understand that, what is canon? So when you look at the listing of the books in the Bible, it's called the can- the, the technical name of, of that list is called the, can- is the, is the biblical canon. These are the 66 books in the Catholic Church 73 that are considered these are the this is these are the second Timothy 3 16 through 17 scriptures that these scriptures are inspired by God. God breathed on each and every one of these. So this is why we have the canon. Okay, so we have the canonical text. Now, these extra books, Baruch, Judah, first and second Maccabees, Sirach, Tobit, Wisdom, First Edras, Second Edras. Letters of Jeremiah, um, Psalm 151, additional verses in Ruth, and a couple other ones. There's a whole, Google this, it's, it's going to bless your life. I think the book of Enoch is one of them as well. So these extra books are considered deuterocanonical, meaning, yes, okay, they got some good things to say. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a good, if you buy a book, buy a Joel Olstein book or a Rick Warren book or a book like that. So they're considered Technically, they're like, they cool, but they ain't scripture. <laughs> Y'all are like, really? Yeah. Like, you know, these books are cool. They're right. They have some merit. And even the Bible speaks of these. <laughs> Which, if you want me to dig into that, let me know. Let me know in the comments. Hey, Cass, can, wait, Cass, can you? Girl, I know. <laughs> that Enoch. Woo. I haven't read. Look, I haven't read it in, in in a very long time, so I need to read that too. Oh, also, I need to give you the uh, disclaimer before you go venturing into apocrypha land or the deuterocanonical text land. I'm gonna need you to read all sixty six of, of of the canon first, so you can get some understanding. 
right? So that way you have a basis to read off of, and it's like this was brought up in because if you if you it's like it's like going from crawling to driving a motorcycle, and you don't have all the other steps in between. The same thing with we don't we'll get to how to read the Bible later. That's one of the other questions. But you know, okay, Cass, why are you bringing this stuff up? Reason why I want to bring one. Let me keep it real. One, people in my own congregation have been hitting me with these questions of why are there extra books in the Bible? Why you know why are all these things happening? Um, it's simple. It it's simply politics. That's why. I can go deeper, but I don't have time. If you want me to go deeper, let me know in the comments. All right. So let's talk about how many versions are of the Bible are there. Now, what I mean versions, I mean translations. Now, the Bible has been translated to in some way, shape, or form to 698 languages at least. When I actually searched for this information, no one could give me a straight number. I searched all over, couldn't find a number. Looked high and I looked low, still couldn't find a number. They could not give me a, like, this is the definitive number. And so it's been translated to at least 698 different languages. Now, in English, there have been a total of 450 translations created. Again, 450 translations created of the Bible. So what makes them different? Let's talk about that. Um, pretty much how the original, how the how the editors, because again, we're not calling them writers. We, they didn't sit down and write new book. They didn't add add the the remix of the remix to the Bible. They they took the original text from the original languages and then translated them. So it could be how they translated them. How deep did they go into translation? Did they use other versions of the Bible as source guides to help their translation? Also, diction and register. Diction and register. Diction, actually, I can even say diction syntax and register. So diction syntax and register. Okay, so diction is word choice. How do, how do they choose to word this? Syntax is how... Were the words structured in the sentence? And then also register. What audience are they trying to speak to? Even how they are set up in terms of chapter and verse. Like the message throws people off because they're expecting like the other versions of the Bible where you got scripture, verse, scripture. So you like got the each, everything's verse by verse. The message is like, I'm about to mess all y'all up. I'm taking up. I'm not breaking it. Verse one, verse two, verse three. You got verses one through four. In the chunk. I hope you can find find the breaks. Because, because, okay, let's talk about that a little bit. The Bible was the Bible in its scroll form, in its original form, was not chapter and verse. It was literally find your spot. So to make it easier for us to read hundreds of years ago, the Bible was broken up into chapters and verses. Now, what the message does, which let's talk, we'll talk about King James and we'll talk about the message, but what the message does, it just eh, puts things in like paragraphs and you're like, where is this supposed to go? So we'll talk about that in a second. 
Now, which one is best for me? It depends on you. If you, here's the thing, if you're a new believer, you've never opened the Bible before, I personally would recommend that you read the Christian Standard or the Message. There's a few other ones. There's a lot. There's a lot of versions. I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. But the key word, but the key thing is, especially also, if you have trouble, if you have difficulty reading, please do not get a King James version or a new King James on the NIV. Go for the message. Go for the Good News translation. Go for it. Even the International Children's Bible. I mean, they be saying they just they just give it to you straight up. Or even we've been lately we've been flipping and flipping around with this with the Christian Standard as well as the Passion Translation. Um, as a um as possible options as well if you so you're like i've never read the bible before i would probably say christian standard uh the reason why i picked christian standard for true vision is because it is it is a balance of easy to read but still gets the meat of the message out now let's talk about king james real quick If y'all were in the room right now, I say show of hands, raise your hand if you went if you grew up in the church that said King James Bible is the only Bible. It's the this it's key God 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 breathed on this King James Bible that you need to everybody need to read the King James version. If you don't read the King James version, you're gonna have some of that nature. Okay, let's break it down. Now, permission to put on my English nerd hat for a second. All right, let's get into this. So, the King James Version was commissioned in 1604 by King James IV of England and was published in 1611. How is that significant? Now, this is still true to this day, that the monarch of England, the king or queen of England, is also the one who is in charge of the Church of England. Now, you got to remember, the Church of England was established, I think it was by Henry VIII? Yes, yeah, he couldn't get divorced. That's why. So, so the Church of English was was established so that, that you know Henry could divorce somebody. Anyway, so they so they serve as the um, so the, so the the monarch serves as the head of the church, and he wanted and um, somebody had suggested to him, hey, we need a new version of the Bible, and he was like, hmm, yes, yes, we shall do that. So it was published in 1611. Now, what I learned from my from my wonderful English professors at Ohio Northern University was that what King James did was that he said, guess what, y'all? This version right here, this Bible right here, is the only Bible we're going to use. All these other ones that are floating around, burn them. Pause for a fact. And water. Pretty much, it was burn them jokers down, burn them, and only few ver- versions, few only few of the prior versions remain. Now, what do you mean by prior versions? There were prior versions of the Bible before the King James version. <gasps> what? Yes, there were prior versions of the Bible before the King James. So the authoritative texts before the King James version where the Bishop's Bible and the Great Bible, these were considered the authoritative text for for the Church of England. Also, the Geneva Bible predates the the King James Bible, and the Reims-Douai Bible. The Reims-Douai Bible is another version. Also, I heard, also again, thank you, Oenya, the Wycliffe Bible also precedes the King James. So 
a lot of people. So the whole thing, and I'm I'm about to lose about eighty five people on this one. Y'all can catch it on the replay. The King James Bible. Y'all ready for this? So let's review. The King James Bible is only another inter- other version or translation of the Bible. Now, the reason why we don't say version, but I'm not saying like version, keep flipping between version and translation, is because it's the same text. It's the same exact text for the most part. It's the same exact text. I'll tell you why I said for the most part in a second. It's the same exact text. Just reworded. Deeper research has been done. You know, you keep seeing these new editions of the same version of the Bible. So like the NIV, I think they're on 2011, but I think they're trying to fix stuff because they had they released the TNIV. Yeah, I have a TNIV Bible somewhere phone around here because it, it was the, I'm like, ooh, this is the new hotness. This is the new holiness. Hallelujah. But, you know, it was missing some very key things and key scriptures and even the wording was wrong. So they have to go back and fix it. And they're trying to fix it right now. So, you know, you, we see all these new editions of the Bible because the research is getting better over time. So people are really digging into the, to the Hebrew, the Greek, and the, the Hebrew and the Greek and the other languages that make up the Bible and, and getting deeper translation, deeper information from that word to illuminate our study and illuminate our personal reading. That's why you keep seeing all these new versions. So back to the King James Version. So is the King James Version the authoritative text? This is the word of God. It is a it is a translation of the Bible, but it's not like God said, this is my scripture, this is my version. So that's a man-made thing. If your church, now, if your church uses, like I personally, when I do my study, especially when I do my um my word study, because you know, if you've been following True Vision for a while, I'm the first one to go, well, in the Greek, the word, the word is blah, 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 blah. Or in the Hebrew, the word is ha or something like that. Or like, so I, I will bust out the Greek and the Hebrew. What I do is I go, I actually use the King James because like if you want a super deep dive study, you actually need to use King James. Um, King James with Strong's numbers and I get the scriptures there. But I'll talk about that a little bit later. All right. Y'all still, y'all with me? If you have any questions while we're watching this, while, while you're watching this, if there's stuff you're like, Cass, I gotta know this. Even after the fact, if you have questions, if you're like, hey, Cass, I got, I've been thinking about this, I've been mulling this over, leave it in the comments. Leave it in the comments. All right. So, in summary, King James Version, simple answer, politics. All right. You'll hear that a lot in this. Whew. I never read the Bible before. Where should I start? Now, I know many of us have, okay, so this is a very broad, but also very specific question. Um, it's very broad because, you know, we have a lot of people who have gone to church, who have read the word, who have done all this stuff, but they've never read the Bible for themselves, which Let's let's break this down for break that down for a second. Why is it important to read the Bible for yourself? Because it didn't used to be that way. Even recently, it didn't used to be that way. I'm gonna throw out a big old word, but it's gonna bless your life when I break it down. Uninformed laity. Uninformed laity. What does that mean? And the uninformed laity means that those who are 
considered clergy, the pastors, the ministers, the preachers. Those people are considered to be the ones that hold all the knowledge. And the people are not challenged to read and look up things for themselves. They're not, they're not challenged to do the 2 Timothy 2.15, to study, to show themselves, to, to, be, to be diligent. Let me give you King James. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed of rightly dividing the word of truth. That that is not taught to them. So they're getting, so the only Bible that they're getting is from the pastor, is from the other ministers. Now, this was troublesome in the earlier days of the church because the pastors or the, the priests, whoever, the religious leaders were also intertwined with politics. They with me now, I'm going to bless you. And they would corrupt the word of God for their personal gain. But because the people didn't read the Bible for themselves or were not taught to, were not taught to read the Bible for themselves. They just took it for face value because of the person's seat of authority. Now, and now you've probably heard of, you've probably heard of something called Vatican II. Vatican II. This is for my Catholic brothers and sisters. Shout out to St. Francis of Sales. Yeah, y'all went to Catholic school for two years. So Vatican II kind of switched things up to where prior to prior to Vatican II, the mass was done in Latin. So you're sitting up in church and and you know you're getting the word, but you don't understand a word the a word of the word because it's all in Latin. So Vatican II was like, yeah, we, let's put this in everybody's languages so that way they can just do it and they can understand what's going on. They can be a part of it. They can actually grow from this. Now, why am I digging into all of this, talking about I've never read the Bible before, where should I start? Here's the reason why I'm telling you, this is why I'm telling you why you need to study the Bible. Because, again, study show yourself approved. Second, it helps you decipher and discern what is being spread, what is being preached to you, what is being taught to you. And I'm the first one, and Pastor Trey and I talked about this on Sunday. I'm the first one to be like, check me, boo. Please check my receipts. Check my study. Check. Here's here's actually one sermon I made. One sermon I preached. I handed it to somebody and said, "Double check me." Not to be not to be snooty. Not to be like I know everything. I'm saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. I got this. That wasn't. It's it's me being accountable to my church. That I'm decide. I'm not making stuff up or twisting scripture for my own for my own gain. It's hey, dig into this, read this, check make check check my check my work, check out make sure I was hearing from God on this, not just oh, I woke up this morning like I'm gonna talk about this random scripture for no apparent reason, and not do this not do the necessary study. Now, with all that being said, please re I encourage you read especially in the times we're in right now read your Bible. So if you never read it before, where should I start? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis. You cannot understand the ending before you understand the beginning. And people have to remember that Christian that modern Christianity has Ju has has Judaic roots. That that modern I'm going to say this again. You cannot have the New Testament without the Old Testament. So you cannot understand the ending. You cannot stand you cannot understand the amen at the end of Revelations if you don't understand the end in Genesis. So where should you start? Start in Genesis. I would start in Genesis, and then I would read the Gospels. Or if you're super fancy, 
layer them. Do Genesis and the Gospels at the same time. Genesis explains the beginning of all things. The Gospels explain the beginning of, of the Christian faith. It's the teachings of Jesus. I call the Gospels the rules of kindergarten. Because literally everything you need to know to be a Christian is seated somewhere in them Gospels. Then the Pauline epistles and then the and Peter and all the other books, Peter, James, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, um, Revelations, reiterate what was said in the four Gospels. Genesis, Gospel. now here's what I would do. Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, Acts. Why, why, am I, why I'm saying put Luke and Acts together is because Luke is part one, Acts is part two. Luke, like Acts picks up where Luke left off. That's why I'm saying Matthew, Matthew, Mark, John, then Luke and Acts at the same time. So that we can go, you can have that bridge from the gospel experience to the, to the, to the life and the times of the early church. All right. As you're digging into that, so as you're digging into that, or even in succession, I will also read, I would say read Psalms and Proverbs. And if you're real fancy, read Ecclesiastes, because those are, those are your, that's, those are your wisdom books. And then start, start digging in, then start digging into old and new. Start digging into old and new over time. But here's the thing, if you've never read the Bible before, it's best to not jump into the process alone. Don't just be like, oh, I just started reading this Bible. Find somebody that you trust. Find somebody that you're like, okay, I trust their Holy Ghost. I trust their wisdom. Um, find somebody and be like, hey, I'm starting to read the Bible. If I have questions, can I come to you? Or can you read with me? Or can, hey, I, I want to do, I want to start reading a plan, which is crucial. Where's my phone? Well, my phone's being my monitor. So all of us have some form of technology in our hands. The Bible app is free. And it, you have access, let me tell you, you have access to literally thousands of dollars worth of biblical translations in your hand. Like, I'll be sitting there reading something like, like, I need to see this in the Orthodox Jewish Bible. Yes, I sometimes I pull that one out. Oh, I need to see this in the BAM. I need, so, so, so that way you can pick and choose which versions are easier for you to read. Go, the best thing y'all can do, if you're like, okay, I can't follow all that plan, follow, follow what you say, you no know, Genesis and the Gospels, it's a whole back, it's a lot of back and forth for me. Find a plan. Like they have plans for people who are just starting to read the Bible. They have plans for over anything. Like I've been doing some personal devotions over several several different topics. So you have options available to you. Use them. Use them. All right. Whew, I feel like I've talked a lot. So start from the beginning. Do not. Oh, I got to give you this one. Please don't read Revelations without guidance. And please, and literally, the last book you need to read is Revelations. Because there's a lot of stuff in Revelations that if you haven't read the other 65, you're not going to get. And there's some people like, well, I like to read the end of the book, okay? But I need you to understand the grace and the mercy. You have to understand the grace and the mercy. And the story to understand the ending. So, Genesis first, Gospels, Acts, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, if you're fancy. And then I would probably, I'll probably double up Pauline Epistles and the rest of the Old Testament. 
All right. Cover that, cover that, cover that, cover that. And it's been quiet today on the Facebook. So what resources can I use now to study more? What resources can I use now to study more? So I'm going to give you my, um, I'm going to give you my tricks of the trade. One I just mentioned, the Bible app. You literally have access to like every version of the Bible on the man. All in, all in your hand. Use it. Um, when I do my sermon study, I use BibleStudyTools.com. One word, BibleStudyTools.com. It is a free resource, and it, it includes all these versions of the Bible. But earlier, I talked about how I do my, my Hebrew and Greek word study um, because you you never use a, a – if you need to know what something means in the Bible, what a word means in the Bible – don't pull this out. Hopefully y'all can see it. Don't pull this out. This is a Miriam Webster district. Shout out to Dante Uh <laughs> You never use a Miriam. You don't use a dictionary like, like this. You need to go to a Hebrew and Greek dictionary. Now I know you're like, okay, Cass. Uh, I don't. I don't know either Hebrew or Greek. I don't either. <laughs> so what I do is when I go in the Bible study tools, I have it set up to and it goes to that automatically goes to the King James version. And then um, the Strong's numbers. So you'll literally see the words hyperlink. You click the hyperlink, and then you and then it gives you the word, how to say it, even audio of how to say it, and then all the definitions. So as you're reading, you can go click that, see all the definitions, then make connections. On, on see, this is where you make an inferences and main idea and stuff. There's all the stuff I could teach. Um, so you read that, and that helps you further understand the meaning of the word. Now, here's what I do. I'll find something in the Christian standard. I'm like, okay, this sounds good. Let me see it in the King James. So I'll go see it in the King James with the strongest numbers, and I'll literally go word by word, or if God says that word, click that word, go through it. And I even look at it. It also gives you how many other times that word appears in the Bible. That's deep. So BibleStudyTools.com, that is your friend. Um, also, um, if you're again, if you're a new Christian, um, like you're a new Christian, like you've never seen a Bible. Only time you saw a Bible was on your on your like your grandma's table, family Bible. I know that's still not. I know it's not a thing. I know people still have have the family Bibles. So, so if you've never if you've never had a Bible before, find one. Use technology, but I will also encourage you. To, to get your hands on a physical copy. Um, even if it's like a $2 one from the dollar store. Get your hands on a physical copy. If you're in Lancaster and you need a physical copy, send us an email. We have some Bibles left over. We'll be happy to give it to you for free. Um, again, if you're in Lancaster, we will ha- we'll be like, here you go. God bless you. With, so it's good to have a tangible copy of the Bible because you can write in it. I encourage people. I'm a I'm I'm a bad English person. I tell people write in your stuff. I write in my books. I highlight the mess out of them. Write in your stuff. Write in your books so that way you have um so that way it kind of gives you notes and gives you guidance. Like my mom's Bible. I think I gave it to my sister, but uh, my mom's Bible has notes and I actually have used her notes in my personal study. So something to consider. Um. Find a Bible plan that works for you. 
um, Bible, uh, version. There's also Bibles that have like a 365. Again, if you're a new believer, get you something that's just a normal setup, normal layout. If you want to do the 365, make sure it's a normal setup, normal layout. Um, don't be like, I'm going to get a chronological Bible because chronologically we'll deal with the chronology of the Bible later because I'm running out of time. Otherwise, because it's a whole hodgepodge. It's like, you know, you will actually start in Job and not Genesis. It's weird. Um, so find find a good find a good Bible. If you're if if you're like okay, I've read okay, all right, you know, I really want to dig deep into the study. Get a good study Bible, a good study Bible. Make sure it has resources because a good study Bible will break down stuff in the bottom margins. Um, again, for new believers, I encourage you actually to get the Passion Translation New Testament because the resources that they offer you, it is clearly worded. But also the resources that they offer that they offer at the bottom and the clarity is amazing. Um, but you know, any study Bible would do, or if you want to be like extra studious, do the amplified, because they'll give it to you right in the text. They'll be like, this word, and it's like all the other words that it means in this word. So I would really encourage you get a get a good study Bible. If you're planning on getting in the ministry, if you're like, okay, I feel the call to preach and everything, um, Get you some hardback Bibles. Get you some commentaries. Um, if you can't afford commentaries, BibleStudyTools.com has all that. I feel like I'm a big old commercial right now. Uh, <laughs> um, personally, I don't use commentaries unless I have to. I think in my entire preaching career, I may have used a commentary twice. Um, so you don't. And the beauty of the internet is that you don't have to have this whole bookshelf of stuff if you can't afford it. All the stuff is available to you. BibleStudyTools.com. And it's free, BibleCityHills.com. <laughs> also, you know, Google, 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 Google be, be good sometimes. Google, Google help a brother out. Um, so you have all these resources at your fingertips. I encourage you to use them. Um, so ultimately, I'm going to close with this because I already right, I hit all the questions. Again, if you're watching this, even if it's a replay, you're like, hey, Cass, the next time you do this, can you cover, um, cover this topic? Because um, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a deeper... So we're going to talk about the books of the Bible, the grouping of the books of the Bible and all that stuff. Um, I kind of want to do that. Uh, it's probably going to be late September or the first Wednesday of October when I really start digging into that type of stuff. Um, so again, it's like, Cass, why are you talking about the Bible first? I mean, I could have talked about prayer. I could have talked about salvation. I could have talked about Jesus. Um, but the reality is that when God dropped this in my spirit, talk about to just have a conversation of what is the Bible? Um, The Bible, here's what I tell people. Reading and using the Bible is like is like using a gun. Anybody can own a gun, except if you're like crazy or other stuff or you can't pass a background test or you're a felon. But for the most part, anybody can own a gun. But it doesn't matter if you own it if you don't know how to use it. And if you don't know how to use it, it will actually cause you more harm than good. It's the same exact thing with the Bible. Again, the Bible is a two-edged sword. The Bible, if you do not know how to use it, can and has been used as a weapon to divide and not to build up. Like we talked about the whole King James Version thing itself and how like the King James Version is not like the only, if you don't read the King James Version, you're not going to bust hell wide open. But people have, have used their authority to twist it. 
uh, people have used their authority, and this has been a common theme throughout history. People will use the use the scripture for their own personal means and twist it for their own personal gain. So you have to be you have to be a student of the word. You have to know what the word says, so that way you are not swayed by every form of doctrine. That way you're able to really dig in, rightly divide the word of truth, correctly teach the word of truth. That's why we're doing this. That's why I'm digging into this. Plus, my whole plus my whole church had questions about this stuff. All right. So, just for review, um, how many books are in the Bible? Sixty-six in the Protestant, thirty-nine in the Jewish. Catholic is seventy-three, which is the sixty-six in, in the Protestant Bible plus Baruch, Judith, First and Second Maccabees, Sirach, Tobit, and Wisdom. How there are extra books? Why is that? Simple answer: Politics is why we have extra books of the Bible. There are actually fourteen extra books of the Bible. The book of Enoch will get you. Now, here's the thing. Again, they're called the they're called either the Apocrypha or the Deuterocanonical texts. They're the second canon. Um, how many translations of the Bible are there? Uh, pretty much has been translated in its entirety in 698 languages. That's a lot of languages. In English, there have been 450 translations created. Again, that's not the definitive number. I, I literally have to look. So what makes them different is how they translate original text, diction, syntax, and register. So pretty much word choice, sentence structure, and who are they speaking to? How are they set in terms of chapter and verse, reading level, among other things? Again, King James Version. If you're not if you're not reading at a 12th grade reading level, don't read it. Don't read it. Get you, grab you a message, grab you a Christian standard, New American Standard Bible, something like that. Um Oh, King James, pretty much short answer politics. Um, commission of 1604, 1611, it came out. King James is like, I'm I'm I am the I am the the prelate, the overseer, the one who's in charge of the Church of England. All y'all about to all y'all about to use this. That's how we end up with the King James Version. Um, um never read the Bible before. Where should I start? Um Genesis. Genesis, Gospels, Acts. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Pauline Epistles, Old Testament. After you read all of that, read Revelations. Don't and don't don't even jump into the Apocrypha until after you read the whole Bible. And actually like read it, read it. Not like, oh, this is nice work. Read it, read it. All right. Um resources you can use to study more. Um oh, or find a Bible plan that works for you. Um Resources, Version Bible app. It's available everywhere. Go get it. It's free. Free Bibles. Woohoo. It even reads to you. Yeah. It it I've walked into a room at night and, and the Bible's reading the Bible, the Bible is reading itself to my wife. So it's great. So it even so if you're like, you know, if I'm doing all that reading, while you're driving, I've actually done this. While you're driving, turn it on and listen to it. All right. Um, also, Bible study tools is is my go to resource for word study, commentaries, anything super deep divey. Um, also, BibleGateway.com is a, is another great resource. Um, also, um, if you don't have a tangible Bible, I I encourage you to get one. You I don't care again if it's a two dollars two dollar dollar store one. Go get it. If you're in Lancaster and you need a Bible, you're like, Cass, I really want to have a Bible in my possession, let us know. We have a limited number available, and we will be happy to give you one. Um, it's good. Again, it's good to have a tangible version of the Bible on you, just in case your phone dies, just in case, you know, EMP or some hits, and we don't have electricity anymore. Something like that. 
So make sure you have a tangible Bible on you. Um, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Hello, everybody. I'm glad you enjoyed today's teaching. I pray that you were truly blessed and you learned a lot. Listen, if you have more questions, please feel free to comment on this video. You can also email us at admin at truevisionlikeser.org. Oh, I'd be remiss to, to leave out our Spotify fam, our Spotify family. This, this video that you're watching right now is already posted on Spotify and it's a video too. So for our podcast friends, you can listen to our messages on your on your any, any podcast app. But every once in a while, if you're a Spotify user, since we are now hosted by Spotify, you'll be able to watch the video of the recording. So for again, to our Spotify fam, we love you. We This is our special gift to you. So we encourage you if you go on Spotify, please subscribe to us and follow us so you can catch videos. I might sneak in some special teachings that other ones don't get. You never know. So I'm just excited that, we, that we're able to step into this new realm of technology. And uh, to step into these new realms of technology and continue serving and supporting and loving on our community, we need your financial support. If you, So if you're like, hey, Bishop, I want to sell into the life of True Vision, here's what you can do. You can give via Cash App, a dollar sign, TBCC Lancaster. You can give via PayPal at giving at truevisionlancaster.org. You can also text any dollar amount to 84321. Again, you can text any dollar amount to 84321. You can also mail your gifts to 117 West Main Street, Suite 110E in Lancaster, Ohio, 43130. You can also give via Givelify. It's an app-based platform. Download the app, search True Vision Christian Community. We'll pop right up. You'll see my face. Bing, bang, boom. You'll be able to sell. You can sell into our general fund. You can sell into our outreach and our missions. You can even sell into True Vision Christian Community in India. And listen, they are doing some things in India. So I'm so I encourage you. You're selling in the good ground. You're giving into into a to a strong ministry. We're growing. We're 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 revamping. We're we're remixing. We're doing things new. So we would love for you to be able to support us with a one time or recurring gift. So with that, everybody, I'm going to go ahead and go. At this point in real time, I'm sitting in the airport. I'm getting ready to go on and hop on this flight. So y'all pray for me, pray for my traveling mercies. Also pray for Pastor Rachel and the kiddos while they're here. Lord God, and, and Lord, I also pray for all, each and every person who's under the sound of my voice right now. And Lord, I pray that you bless them exceedingly in the money. Lord God, all the knowledge that they gain, Lord God, I pray that you hide it in their hearts, Lord. Give them a hunger and thirst to read your word and to, and to hear from you daily, hear what you have to say to us daily. And God, we give you glory, honor, and praise. I'll cover us, God, as we go our separate ways today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in peace, knowing that you're loved. God bless you.